This is the hypest intro ever made. Ever. Makes me want to dance one last time. <laughs> Pimp. Scotty. Pimp. The most disrespected. This guy, this guy just got me. This guy just got lucky? Yeah. The next guy got lucky. The next guy got lucky. Watch. Luke Longley, Longley see, like even the yeah. even the speaker didn't want to say much about him. <laughs> he was fire. Ron, Ron Harper. Ron was good. Ron was good. The reason why we're all here. Man, that intro, that intro, ladies and gentlemen, is just stupid, stupid hype. Welcome back. To the Fadeaway Podcast, Quarantine Edition. Wow! Episode number, I can't even tell you because it's been that long. Yeah. How you doing, pal? Not bad, man. Quarantining, chilling. Buddy. Netflix, yeah, house party, it's, Zoom. Uh, it's been quite the struggle. I mean, it's uh, I've seen a lot of mans on video and I've seen a lot of people without haircuts for a long time. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to make my decisions on who my real friends are, to be honest. I mean, but I'm going to be talking about haircuts. Your yeah, 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 that's fine. I mean, uh, you can't blame the haircut if the hair doesn't grow, so... <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know what he's talking about, I took a blade to my head and you, I look like an uncle. Yeah, yeah well, I I did the top myself. And oh, then I, there we go. Okay, there. Then go. I had to wait for Anne to come home, and she gave me a pretty good fade. So not bad on the fade. I agree with that. Yeah. So uh, it's been uh, quite the rough month. The last time we were on here, we were talking about the NBA going into lockdown because yes. of Mr. Rudy Gobert and, uh, and the coronavirus. Yeah. And it's been the longest month of my entire life. Like this past month has been a crazy year. Oh. What, that's what I'm seeing everywhere. All we've been doing is just like looking at reports. I mean, the first week we were just looking at reports, seeing what's going to happen. You know, is NBA going to come back? Is is it going to is it going to is, is the NBA going to come back? Or are they going to play games with fans, without fans? Blah blah blah. The last I've heard is they're going to be starting a 25 day plan to get everyone and the season started again. So no one really knows when that's going to start and if that's going to start and where and whatever. But we know. No fans. Never thought I'd even see the day, honestly, that we'd have an NBA that doesn't have fans. It seems almost weird, and I don't want to see it. But at this point, I just need sports back, and this is too good of a Raptors year to be wasted. Oh, yes. So I, I'll take anything. But can you imagine, like, what an environment of professional basketball players is like with no crowd? It's like pick up basketball. It's just like, have you have you seen the WWE without fans? Because they, like they do all their body slaps bro, and they celebrate with nobody no there, bro. I'm talking about like but the mental aspect of it. Like think about all the playoff performers that thrive. they go down in the playoffs because their mental isn't all there with the fans, with the pressure. Like is oh, there is, is there, there pressure, pressure with fans? Is there pressure without fans? I feel like it's just a pickup game. It definitely gets easier, I think, especially for home for for away teams. They don't yeah. have to deal with you know you have you know, noises during the free James throws. James is going to drop a hundred a game. It'd be just funny. It'd be funny to see, though. That's what I'm like. I'm imagining it. I'm like imagining to see like LeBron. Do you think Russell Westbrook would still cheer after a dunk? No. Like imagine them cheering like LeBron. You know how he gets his end ones and he like flexes and slaps his, his bicep. Like does he do that great. still? Like to what hear happens? like through the broadcast the echoes of Russell Westbrook's scream <laughs> <laughs> echoing the whole stadium. But I mean, like if there's no crowd and there, it's it just for me it doesn't seem like 
it's possible to have the same energy in the building no, no. without a, without fans. So it's almost weird to have a whole playoff run. Every whoever wins, it's gonna be a big asterisk. Oh, and I think for even sure. personally, like they they're gonna not really value it as not value it, but they'll know like this isn't really you know how it's done. It's the same idea as a lockout season when you we play sixty six regular season games and you win a chip. Like they're like, oh yeah, that yeah. was the year the lockout year, right? Or like so any idea. of Kevin Durant's chips. But anyways, yeah. moving on. Oh, uh, so anyway. the reason why we actually. Uh, Came back as well. Obviously, there's no advancements. There's no basketball right now. Nothing to talk about in that sense. Mm-hmm. But, but Netflix and ESPN partnered Thank to you. give us the greatest oh, yes. quarantine gift of all: the Last Dance documentary. This is a documentary on uh, Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson and Dennis Rodman and the whole 97 98 Bulls team. It's supposed to be 97 98, but it, they even go back further in history and see oh, how definitely. things yeah, play yeah, out, yeah. which is really good. But the whole like, idea of the last dance where yeah. it came from was Phil Jackson, that's what he named their last Final. season just cuz we're going to talk into everything, but they pretty much knew that that was their last run at it which and uh, really it, happens. Yeah, you so know. so how did how did this come about? So I don't know if people even know this cuz I even just found out a couple days prior, but the way that um this footage was actually so Bro. it's actually full circle because now the commissioner today is Adam I Silver. I love this guy. Yeah, and Bro. and Adam Silver was at the forefront of the deal actually for this. So he was um, he was the head of NBA Entertainment at the time. Yes. that's what his role was. Um, and then I guess it wasn't a it wasn't a mystery that that was the last season because he had to have known. Oh man, it's definitely not a mystery, it, right? But like, which we'll get into. But so he had to have known that it was the last season and this team wouldn't have been together ever again there's obviously rumors that jordan would retire after scotty you know wanted money whatever it may be yeah but adam silver convinced jordan the bulls to record and film and have live cameras following them for the whole season and the agreement was that this footage wouldn't be released Unless both Adam Silver and Jordan agreed. Well, Jordan actually wasn't down at first. That's that's why they went to that. Is he said, "I'm not." Yeah. No. Like, this is a guy who's like prime competitiveness. Prime. Like, I'm not giving anybody my secrets. Like, yeah. You're my competitor. Why would I want you know camera crews here? Right. But they had agreed exactly like you said with Adam Silver that unless you approve and I approve, then this is not going anywhere, and it's just going to be stashed in its own area in our in our library. Do you know when Jordan approved? Did you hear that report? Like a few months ago or something? Jordan approved for this documentary to be put together and made at the time LeBron was parading his championship with the Cavs. <laughs> like, uh, oh, like actually parading. Like actually parading the oh, wow. championship. So that's a couple years ago. Then, Which is pretty interesting if you look at it. I wonder why Jordan decided at that moment that it was time to release the tapes. Yeah, he's like, wow, damn, this oh, guy damn. just brought Cleveland a chip. Yeah, might as well. Might as well. Come back these kids. <laughs> Come back from retirement again. Teach them kids. But yeah, so he agreed, and they have given us the possibly the best 10 hours of the quarantine. Absolutely. Right? No question. I've already watched the first two episodes twice. Yeah. Um, but it's cool to see that. And actually, um, your brother actually sent me this on Instagram today. But the Warriors were approached to do a similar thing where they'd have somebody in the locker room following, and they were you know adamantly not no down at all so very very interesting very yeah missed opportunity but i mean i think they foresaw a lot of beef that year because that was kd's contract right or not so right i understand it i I hate it but i i would have loved to see something with the warriors but i mean 
We'll get our we'll get plenty of, of Warrior stuff, Curry stuff in the future. We, it's not his time yet. Though. We had no idea this even existed. This is being released twenty years later, right? Yeah, so this is why we don't know what's being taped. We don't know what's gonna come out yeah. at what point. So we're in I mean, we're lucky enough to we didn't get to see Jordan, but we get to see all this. Yeah. So it's it's a really good experience for us actually. Yeah. So no I mean, just to sum it all up, we pretty much decided this is a good opportunity to get in front of the mics and come back. Talk again because it's some content that is is relatively new. I mean, all of the footage is old, but it could be new to a lot of us, especially basketball fans who are more recent fans. Even if you're a fan like early 2000s, you, you missed this, this yeah. right? Yeah. So you, you might not be as well-educated. I know I'm learning a lot of stuff. So the first thing we want to talk about is Jerry Krause. So Jerry Krause, who is Jerry Krause, sir? Jerry Krause is the, or at the time was, the general manager of the Bulls. Um... Just a bit about his background. He was a GM for a baseball team for either the Sox or the Cubs. He was so he wasn't a GM. Um, so I'll, I'll take you back even Cubs. further because this is actually pretty interesting. But um, he was he was actually born and raised in Chicago. He played yeah. baseball growing up in high school. He's a catcher, of course. Look, oh yeah, I mean he definitely looks like a catcher, looks like a catcher for catcher. sure. Oh, yeah. um, so after after college, he went to work as a scout with the Baltimore Bullets, who ended up being yeah. the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Um, so that's when he sort of first started his uh, career. He built a knack for seeing an eye for talent. Like he, he would really, you know, be able to see when they're the low-key Hall of Famers. With those right? eyes? That's impressive. Yeah, I know. Eh? Scurry. Uh, and then, so I'll get into that part part of it later. But the way that he was um, introduced, so prior, like a few years after he joined Baltimore, uh, he worked as a scout with the Phoenix Suns, 76ers, Lakers, and Bulls. Uh, and then he left pro basketball to sp- uh, to with scout pro baseball. Yep. Yeah. With the he was scouting for the White Sox, uh, and that's when Jerry Reinsdorf, who's the owner of the Bulls, actually acquired the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Had heard a lot of these things about Jerry Krause, eye for talent, scout. He's good, so he hired him on to be the GM of the he team. He went to the owner. He went to Reinsdorf uh, and was like, "I want to be the GM for the team." Yeah, and so, uh, and and I think a lot of people were telling him anyways, like so careful. he knew exactly. Yeah. yeah, but he knew exactly what he was getting himself into, and that's pretty much, um, you know, who he is in the scape of the Bulls and his professional sports career. So Jerry Krause, and it's, it's sort of funny that they they kind of they kind of crap on him, and they the documentary kind of, they 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 absolutely dookie all over. So them, for bro. for anyone who's actually wondering. Why he hasn't spoken for himself? He did pass away a couple of years ago, oh, so he's not around. Yeah, he's not around anymore. Um, so rest in peace to Jerry Krause. But that is actually why he's not it. Because I was curious. I'm like, is this like an anti-Jerry <laughs> thing? It, it sort of is, but I mean, bro, he at least he got the star in Space Jam. Yeah. So he had a relationship with uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, who was, I mean, an interesting character. Um, Nice guy. Interesting yeah, character, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Very, very interesting. But he loved him, though. Yeah, he did. They had, they had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jerry Krause is, is known as the guy who orchestrated the, the Bulls championship teams. Yep. And we'll talk about a couple of his signings in a bit. But he was known as the guy who put the team together. Yeah. No question did he have an eye for talent and putting teams together. And he did a wonderful job, six championships in eight years. And I think it would have been eight if Jordan didn't leave for a year and a half. Brother, it would have been 10 and 10, in my opinion, if they had, they had the whole decade. You know, something... You know, even six and eight years is something that we've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, just this, So, for sure, he did a great job. But I want you to walk us through where it all started to fall down with Jerry. So, in the documentary, it talks about how after the fifth championship, um, 
a bunch of rumblings came around. He was kind of courting Tim Floyd, which was a college coach at the time, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he was basically grooming him to be the next head coach of the Bulls because his and Phil Jackson's relationship had basically soured. Um, and that was actually later on stemmed from even before that. He actually wanted to break up the whole team because of Phil Jackson after the fourth championship. Um, so, and that's basically because of Phil Jackson and their relationship was, wasn't good at all. And actually, I want to, I want to interrupt you and just introduce his ties to Phil because yeah, yeah him and Phil go way back. So, um, when he was actually with the bullets, when he first joined the bullets, he was urging the team to actually pick Phil Jackson, uh, who's from North Dakota, which I don't want, I just thought that was amazing. Like who the hell's from North Dakota? I think it's just him and like Mike Miller. Um, but, but anyways, he wanted them to pick Phil Jackson in 1967. They didn't, and he kept a close relationship with him uh, into his, you know, professional career, Played first year York. into coaching, and he was coaching minor league basketball. Yep. Uh, and then that's how he had brought him over. Um, so do you do you know why their relationship soured? I know in the documentary that they talked about it souring, but they never really pinpointed a thing. And I, I think I, I did read up on it, but I want to know if, if you have an idea. They never talked about it. What they did talk about is more so how it was Mike, Scotty, and Phil getting more of the recognition, especially when they went out. And, yeah. you know, like, and it shows, like, video clips of Jerry on the bus just kind of looking, like, just cheesed. Yeah. And then, I like, MJ's coming on, and, like, every, all the crowds are following them. So, and then somebody, um, I believe, mentioned that he had that um, little man, little syndrome. man you know, <laughs> syndrome where he, he was, like, you know, he was bullied. He was, as a, as a, as a kid and a young short, adult, short. Kid. And even the Bulls... They bullied him as well. Um, so he kind of wanted to prove to everybody that he could do it without them. And then he kind of was also upset that they were getting all the clout, I guess, for winning. That's as far as what the documentary goes. Um, I'm not sure if you have anything. Yeah, pretty much what, what I put together was that Phil wanted big boy money because that all too, the coaches yeah. around him, and they were getting compensated. And, I mean, you brought four or five championships at the time. You're asking yeah. for more money. It's not, it's not unrealistic or out of the realm of possibility that a man should deserve you know, a paycheck yeah. because especially we know like making the playoffs, like for, before Jordan got there, the bulls were a joke. They were dying. They were a joke. They were, they were worth game. nothing. Okay. They were a joke. They weren't selling tickets the year before he got there. They were about 67% of capacity mm. and they weren't making the playoffs. Yeah. So you're telling me that in four years, I brought you four championships. That's four playoff runs. That's pretty much Minimum. an extra season and a half yeah. of games four rings. So you, everyone's getting paid endorsements value of the team everything's gone up and you're telling me that he's not worth that money that's pretty much what Krauss was saying and, and that's he had that issue is like how can you be bigger than me because coaches were getting paid more than gms and he's like i made you yeah and you're, that's, me, that's you're a minor what... leaguer like i i've been i was gonna draft you and yeah. now you want more money than me like and and to a guy with that mentality and it's just so it's so sad to talk about it because it's like how stupid can somebody be that you see what's in front of you and you could have had the perfect team for so long that even if you have one season where you stink the bed, nobody's going to say anything after six rings. Yeah. Yeah. Give them that chance to, 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 to bring, it, run it man. back. But, and uh, Phil also says in at that time where he wanted that big boy money, he's like, GM's salaries were going up like this very slowly. Yeah. And coaches' salaries were rising really, 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 really high. So that's where And they asked him about. after, they're like, uh, do you think Jerry Cross resents that? I don't like, want to comment on that. Yeah, I'm not going to gonna speculate, speculate yeah. on that. <laughs> so yeah. there's obvious, 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 obvious signs of resentment on um, Krause's side. I, I believe they 
They used to call him crumbs. Yeah. Because uh, so he would c- spill crumbs, I guess, on him when he, he was eating. He would spill crumbs on himself when he was eating, right? And they would always bully him and call him names. So, um, But it was just specu- – so- sorry, it was just resentment on, on Krause's end. And he – I felt like he wanted to – as soon as possible, he wanted to prove that he could win and build another team without Jordan, without Scotty, without Phil, without Dennis. That was the whole thing is he wanted to make sure people knew, like, this is me. This is me. I built this. I made this. And he even said it, right? That he, quote he that has he has the said. quote, organizations win championships, not, not players, players, not teams, not coaches. Which, but later on he defends it and says, <laughs> he says, organizations alone don't, sorry, was it, it was players alone don't win championships? Yeah, he, like that? he's saying when they right. win, they all win. But man, yeah. everybody knew. And it, with the comments that he was making too, yeah. like, everybody knows at that point what, what he's referring to. But he blew it. He like did. he, how do you like like you said? How do you look at a team that you had? And I looked up the 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 roster, the age of the roster of the last uh, the last year, the ninety seven ninety eight Bulls, just because he said that they were aging, right? That, yeah. That they were on the back end of their prime. They're aging, whatever. Michael Jordan that year was thirty three, averaged almost just under thirty points. He's got two more years left in him at minimum. Can you at imagine a high level. thirty points at thirty three? Like I mean, LeBron. Well, not 30, actually, but yeah. Yeah, actually, that's yeah, pretty yeah. tough, man. Damn, 30 points at, at 33. Yeah. He has two more years left in him, like, from a physical standpoint, I'll say. And that's just, like, at face value, no, you know, not taking into account Michael Jordan's work ethic, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Scotty was two years younger. He was 31. And Scotty could still move. Um, he averaged 20 points that season. And I believe the following season, he went to the Houston Rockets and averaged 19. And then the following season, he went to Portland and averaged 14 and a half points. Yeah. Right? So he still could ball. They had Steve Kerr, who was 31, Ron Hopper, who was 33, Tony Kukoc, who was 28, Luke Longley, who was 28. So their guys were still not exactly – they were still either priming or falling off the prime, had maybe a minimum two more years to play. Dennis Rodman, Rodman was 35, but he was just a ball of energy in general. Like yeah. that guy, like he never – he always just had energy. And Mike, Mike always said he would play for free. I mean, yeah, Mike, exactly. Mike doesn't exactly, matter. Yeah, this yeah. guy he apparently makes more money off the court, so he'll play, he'll play for free. So as far as saying they're an aging team, like – you had to at least give them that one more chance after that sixth ring to run it back. And if they lose, just like MJ has uh, says in the interview, if they lose, that's a good enough reason to break them up. Yeah. But he had broken them up before that season even started. And uh, what was the, I guess, well, the fallout between him and Scotty, that's when things went really, really bad. Yep. Uh, he's, he had a quote. Is he had, we had a number of offers. We thought were good offers for Scotty and for some of our other players. I'm never going to stop being aggressive, and I will never stop trying to do things. Uh, to make the team better, uh, and then he set out also later that he was he appeared to be like you said on the downward trajectory of his career. Mm-hmm. We're looking at offers, and, and coming off of five championships, that is just unheralded. Like I don't even understand where your mind goes with that. It's like we just finished winning five rings and five seasons with Jordan because you know, yeah, I think yeah. he missed a year and a half. Whatever. I hate I hate that he left. Like why did you leave? <laughs> and we need to learn more about that. <laughs> But um, I don't want to get on t- too much crapping on, on Kraus. Kraus because at the end of the day, as a GM, he made a lot of great signings. Um, just a few of the signings that he did. So mm-hmm. he traded. Um, so he had Horace Grant that he acquired in draft. Scotty Pippen yeah. he drafted. He traded Oak for Bill Cartwright. Yes, big trade there. He hired Phil Jackson. He yep. dra- he signed Paxson as a free agent. Yep. Uh, he also drafted Tony Kukoc. Yes, they so loved th- him. So these yeah. are amazing pickups, man. And when you look at the roster, like – he pretty much constructed that entire roster a year or two years before they won a championship. Even after the fact, we know that that rumor has gone around and T-Mac has confirmed it, that he was going to be traded for Scotty. 
Yeah. That last season, after after that last season or before that last season, I believe I guess it was before Reinsdorf stepped in. Or? Yeah. No, Michael stepped in. It's like no, he axed it. So not only did he build a great championship team, but he's also getting like, if you look in hindsight, that's a blockbuster deal, right? He's getting good deals done. You yeah. Know, rookie team, Mac. Imagine what he could have done with that team. So. He when they say and he, he had actually a, acquired Scotty on draft night, he yeah, traded it. It was a right. and he got a first round pick with him. Yeah. So I mean, he he's definitely definitely done a great job from that point of view. He's a good GM. Yeah, I've just never seen anything self sabotaged as hard as this. Like when I'm reading online, a lot of people compare the Sam Presti OKC thing with the uh, the Harden trade. It's just way worse. It doesn't hit. Yeah, this like I get worse. it. They didn't want to pay him, but this is different. Like this is he had his roster. And he and wanted coach, to break it up. And the coach. Like, it's, not like, it's not like there were contract talks. That they, no, no, no. He wanted, like, the roster is here. I guess they just won. Yeah. And yeah. and the thing that pissed Scotty off is, so this is, we need to talk about this because Scotty can't get off. Like, I can't give him, you know, any slack for this. Free? You know, Scott Free. <laughs> yeah, very nice. I'm back, baby. But he signed a seven-year deal, $18 million over seven years. And the owner is handing him this contract being like, don't do this. Do not do this. It's not good for you. It's too long. And what does he do? He goes and signs. So just to give a bit of a background, he grew up in a small town, 3,500 folks, Arkansas, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. family of, I think, 11 siblings. A younger brother was paralyzed. Yeah. Dad was um, bedridden, ended up losing his, yeah, well. ended up being paralyzed, right? So you definitely understand, like, very poor family and two disabled people in the house. Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure on him to pay bills, to support. So I get it. And he and he himself says the reason why I signed a seven-year, I couldn't afford an injury. I couldn't afford a yeah. career ending, you know, anything. So he was thinking too much about that. But had he played his cards right, signed a three-, four-year contract, he could have made incrementally more money. So that's why, you know, things ended up going to crap when he wanted to renegotiate the contract, right? And Jerry Reinsdorf made it clear, I'm not, once you sign, don't come back and see me. He says yeah. in the documentary, like, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And, I mean, the whole beef started with, you know, him wanting to renegotiate. So where do you stand on that? Like, are we going to just remove all the blame from Scotty for his decision and mm-hmm. just put it all on Kraus? Because at the end of the day, there was a contract in place. He shot himself in the foot. Like, I understand that he kind of had to sign the deal in a way, you know, he didn't want to risk the chance of him being injured but like Not anybody it, has that but that's what i'm saying that you go high risk high reward yeah. right you you sign a deal with low risk you're gonna keep that deal so you know it kind of sucks that he signed that deal by the day at the end of the day you signed that deal you can't do anything about it i mean it's not like he didn't really earn money outside of that deal like he was with nike you know, I'm sure he had a bunch of advertisements. Your your finals bonuses, fi- playoffs bonuses. He, he definitely had earned other money outside of basketball. So when I know Michael Jordan mentions he's like Sky was being selfish with the whole contract thing and everything like that. I I kind of have to agree just because Scotty, you signed the contract. Yeah. Play it out and then talk about more money or whatever. You know, and you know, it, he's I, being a punk too with the whole injury. His career earnings is actually higher than Michael Jordan's. Shut up. Yes. What? 109 million in total. MJ had 93 million. Skip so post Bulls, he made 80 million dollars, 90 mil. Yeah. Cuz he only made the 18 mil. With yeah, them. but he played a bunch of seasons after. 1 2 3 4. F- he played 6 seasons post Bulls. Hmm. So that's more seasons than than MJ. He got paid and there you go. So like in hindsight, in yeah, hindsight, hindsight is twenty yes, twenty. But even at the same time, like Scotty, you signed it. You signed you it. Signed yeah, it, that's bro. that's it, right? Like you, I'm you sorry, made a decision. It didn't end up being in your favor. Now you can't come back and 
and be like that. Like I understand why. And and look, we're not. Again, we're not saying that Kraus is not to blame because going out in the public and saying we were looking aggressively for offers, we are, you know, we want to trade him. He's on the down. Like, that is not things that you say to the media. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, and that is clear that he had his own issues that he he had an ego problem that he wanted to be the guy no question but from a contract perspective you made that decision you signed it yeah and now you're withholding you know he he withheld surgery yeah uh, heading into that last year because i didn't want to mess up my summer yeah so all right like come on now you're just being a kid at the end of the day you're making millions and millions of dollars to to do your job yeah and you could have done a much better job but i mean they ended up putting a championship so whatever but think about like the the risk of having Jordan get injured because at the beginning of the year Rodman was holding out too. Yeah. So just Jordan by himself. And, yeah, it was just Jordan. So what if he gets hurt? Then like yeah. you know no six championship whatever. But thankfully that didn't happen. Uh, but just before we move on to Jerry from Jerry Cross, I just wanted to make sure that we you know he has career accomplishments. He has a two time of the year executive of the year award. Should be more really, but. Yeah, he won he right before the run and, and yeah. mid-run. I think in 95 and then like 87, 88. Yeah. So, I mean, no question he got his flowers and he just unfortunately wanted more. He wanted to be the spotlight. He wanted people to ask yeah. him for his autograph. And <laughs> unfortunately, that's just not the way it works. Um, let's move on sort of to the beginning of Jordan's professional basketball career with the light and blue. The light and blue. Wow, wow the, the light, light blue. Amateur basketball The Tar Heels. The Tar Heels, man. Right, so he played for UNC, University of North Carolina, and that's where he went to college. Um, so talk us through that journey and, and, like, what do we know about his, his college career? Other than he's the freaking GOAT. Other than he's the freaking GOAT, I mean, it says he came in, he was very inconsistent. Um, but what was very interesting is the current coach of the Tar Heels, I can't get his name. Is Roy it? Williams. Roy Williams, there you go. He, he has a snippet where he says... Um, Michael Jordan says that he wants to be the best player to ever play here. And Roy Williams says, you got to work hard. He's like, but I work hard just like everybody else. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you wanted to be the best. And he's like, Michael Jordan's like, I'll work harder than you've ever seen in your life. Anybody else that you've ever seen in your life. And clearly he does that. You know, he starts. And then James Worthy also. Um, this is my favorite one. Has a, has a quote. He says, you know, Michael Jordan, after a two-hour full hard practice, he keeps nudging me on the court, wanting to play one-on-one, wanting to see where his game is at. He's like, I was better than Michael. And he says for about, for about two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So you can see, you know, and that's and James Worthy. That's yeah, that's, that's, a not, that's not a scrub. That's a legend. That's a Hall of Famer. So you, you see that he had that work ethic and that drive and just that that mentality from the beginning, right? And then he ends up, you know, earning his stripes on on the team, playing more minutes, starting, and then basically gets selected to shoot the game-winning shot in that championship game. And then they run the play. And the rest is history. And the rest is, and that's where, it, and, then, and Mike says it. He's like, that's where I went from Mike to Michael Jordan. That shot gave me the confidence to be like, I can excel in this I can do whatever I, I want. do whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. And and the scariest thing, too, is instilling confidence. And he actually talks about that, too. But the fact that he got the confidence, and, and that shot was so butter. Oh, it, no like, rim. He caught it no in rhythm, rim. and he was just like, it, it was going in 100%. So I'm looking here at his, uh, his stats over the college career. So his first year in college, he was averaging uh, 13 and a half points. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Jumped to 20. <laughs> first to second year. Damn. And then uh, 19.6 in his third year. So hovering at about 20 points per game. In college, 20 points That's per game is very tough. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. back then, he didn't have a three-point line. 
at all. I think in his College. maybe in a, it kicked in in his second year, but that first year when he took that game winner, I was looking for was for no, a three. Yeah, there was a I was line. like, "There's no, there's, there's no, no three line. point line here." So yeah. he played a whole year, no yeah. three point line, um, and then obviously as the three point line becomes introduced, it's it's not really used, right? Like yeah, you don't shoot it. Often, it's right. foreign to a lot of people, so it's a very different basketball game. So the fact that he put up twenty. Yeah. Is very very impressive. The fact that he won an, uh, a college championship in his first year, very impressive. Yeah. The fact that he hit the game winner as a freshman, like even more impressive. Yeah. So, uh, this guy was starting to flourish from such a young age, and and the crazy thing about it is, and they all talk about it is, nobody could have seen this coming. No expert, no draft expert, no GM, no nobody. Even the Bulls GM said, if I had the first pick, Hakeem. Hakeem. Yeah. That's my pick. That's everyone's pick. Not a scrub though. Yeah, yeah. Well, he ended up be, he ended up getting the, the two. Jordan scraps, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like this guy was starting. He was prolific back in college. Like he had the look. He and the crazy thing about it is, no matter where he goes or how old he is, his teammates all know right away he's the goat. You know, it's like we think about it now. Like all these punk kids, like John Moran pulls up to the to the court. Yeah. Like he's sick. Yeah. People hate him because he's yeah. so disrespectful. <laughs> People are like, man, this guy's like, you know. And I don't know, on his team dynamic, like there's still Triple J. There's the other guys. Like they're still young core. Yeah. Luka Doncic may be like that, but Jordan came in, took over, and everyone was like, damn, this guy is head and shoulders above everybody. And there was yeah. the article that came out in his second year in college. Jordan head and shoulders above the pack, and that's when he was just taking off, like. He grew from where did he go from like five ten to six six to six four or something. And in high school, he grew five inches. I think in in high school, six one to six six. Imagine building your game as a guard and having all these guard skills, and then waking up six six. Yeah, exactly. And then like he just did it with his game, man. He didn't. He knew he didn't have a voice. He knew he couldn't speak, and he says it like his first year on the Bulls. He's like, I'm going to practice. Whoever the team leader is, I'm going after him. You know, I'm gonna establish myself as the guy. And this is as a rookie, like, you know, rookies in in the NBA back then were not heavily relied upon as they are now, right? There are, you know, there is speculation like, oh, maybe this guy can save our team, you know, maybe he can become a star, but MJ's like, no, 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 I'm going to do this right now. And you see that in his first year, man. You see that just the way he played, the way he led, and he's like, people knew right away, this is my team. Just a couple of the awards that he got in college, 1981-82 ACC Rookie of the Year, All-ACC Tournament First Team, NCAA All Tournament, 1982-83 All ACC First Team again. That's two years in a row. Yeah. 82-83 Sporting News Player of the Year, Consensus All American First Team. My bad. All ACC Tournament Second Team. My bad. NCAA Tournament All Region, nice. ACC Player of the Year the next year, 83-84. That's 83-84 All ACC First Team again. That's all three years. All three years. First Team, AP Player of the Year, NABC Player of the Year. Uh, man, sup- sporting news player of the year. Well, whoever is naming a player of the year named him the player of the year. So I don't, I mean, just incredible from such a young age and, and to see it. And then he ended up going into the 1984 draft. He got yeah. drafted, what, third overall? Third overall. Uh, what was the second guy's name? Like Sam, Sam Bowie or Sam something? Bowie, yeah, to I don't know who the hell that is. To Portland, because they already had Clyde. That's why they already had a two guard or or or, or you know a, a wing player. So yeah. they need MJ. So left it for Chicago. 
I don't know who doesn't need MJ. Give me MJ any day of the week. But I <laughs> mean, if we you don't, don't know, yeah, yeah, if you don't know. But just like you said, like no one believed that he could do what he was doing. Like man, even the guy that drafted him, I feel like he's he like, man, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just take Jordan now. Uh, Walt Frazier was like, this guy's not seven feet tall. He can't carry a team. My, that's my favorite quote. Right? Walt Frazier being like, people need to understand, like one person's not going to turn the whole team around. Can't win by yourself. All right, well, and well, he turned happened. the team around, man. He can't win by yourself, but he turned. But the team he around. definitely turned yeah. the team around, like. 67% capacity to sold out tickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the documentary, was showing tickets like $15 tickets. What a world, right? Oh. Um, but just to look at his, so his rookie season, he came in and didn't miss a beat, man. Did not miss a beat. This guy, do you know how many, do you know how many points he averaged in his rookie season? Go for it. 28 points per game. My bad. 28 points My per game. My bad. Six and a half rebounds. He 28, six and six. 85% from the free throw line, 53% from the field. Shot less than point freaking seven threes a game. Yeah, he didn't shoot threes. And he shot like 17%. But I mean, bro, <laughs> he's, you're shooting less than one a game. Whatever, you can shoot zero. But care. what's most impressive that he's willing his team to win. Like he, there was, they showed a game where they were down at, at the end of the third quarter. And like usually the guys would give up. And I was like, no, 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 wait. The game's not done yet. And the coach ran every single play through Mike. And he... Will the will them to win against a team that they never could beat? Yeah, that was the third game of the year, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So twenty eight points as a rook, like that just says enough about who he is. He ended up winning the rookie of the year. Yeah. Um, did they make the playoffs that year? I don't remember if they did um, make the playoffs. To be very honest with you, I don't think so. Um, I think the first year they made the playoffs was the year after he came back from breaking his foot. We'll talk about that next episode. Yeah, next because episode, that one's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that they did either. But no. I mean, twenty-eight points a game, man. Like for a team that's for a rookie, abysmal, right? For a rookie, yeah. Come on, that's the goal. Stop man. it, bro. Twenty-eight points a game as a rookie. No like, three-point line. We're talking about John Morant right now being like hands down the rookie of the year, and oh, he's eighteen a game, <laughs> nineteen a game. Yeah, twenty-eight, six and six. It's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. So, I don't know. I think that's pretty much. The summer of the first episode, because they yeah. did want to just, you know, talk about... Uh, early days, Mike. Early days, Jerry Krause intro, uh, yeah. and then early days like UNC, the building of that attitude, that championship mentality, yeah, um, the mindset, and then obviously heading into the early years. So at this point, we haven't even drafted Scotty. We haven't made the playoffs or really had a real playoff run. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it for the first episode. So what we're going to do is uh, we're just going to release an episode per episode of the documentary yeah. just to recap it I, and there are a lot of things that they hover over and don't really go into too much detail about because research so it's good for, more. yeah it's good for us to just provide a background story to to our fans and honestly just good to be back on the mic so uh we'll get back at you with episode two later on this week mm-hmm. and uh ladies and gentlemen enjoy uh this if you have any feedback for us let us know as well but you know where to find us spotify apple music and anywhere in between